With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back on another episode of the Anonymous Eagle podcast. Um, my name is Patrick Leary. I'm joined, as always, by Sam Newberry. Sam, did you commit one or two technical fouls last night at the bar? Well, uh, you know, believe it or not, uh, I uh, I committed I committed a technical and a flagrant, so I wasn't kicked out of the bar. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's very that's good. I'm glad James Breeding was your bartender. Yeah, uh, he clearly clearly had uh, kept you in on technicality. Um, yeah, so that was a mess last night. Um, let's get that out of the way before we sort of you, go on. If you don't know else. what we're talking about, God bless your just your Google innocence. It. Yeah, just bless your innocence and. <laughs> Please eject all Big East referees into the sun. Yeah, I mean, it was a... It was... Not what you want. No. I mean, if there had not... If it had not been for the technical fouls, which were obviously the thing that everyone's focusing on, um, it would have been one of those, you know, once every 10 or so Big East games where everything that's, you know any sort of contact is whistled for a foul and you end up getting into a protracted free throw shooting contest, which is not anywhere near anyone's favorite type of game, but isn't totally out of the ordinary. What took last night's game into the stratosphere of weird was all of the technicals of the nine was it nine technical fouls yeah nine technical fouls of the nine technical fouls probably like three (laughs) yeah like i mean they were all so ridiculous none more ridiculous than theo john getting kicked out for no that was a flagrant technical yeah i want to know how so like i'm just gonna say i want to know how there's a flagrant technical foul that immediately kicks you out but a flagrant and a technical on Miles Powell is not a flagrant technical and kick, yeah. gets you kicked out. I, I, the, the especially big... because Miles Powell's foul that wasn't a technical foul, like the 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 technicality for lack of a better word that kept him in the game, was like a brutal elbow to the chest that had nothing to do with the actual okay. run of play. Um, so yeah, as much as like there was an explanation for why he was in the game and I'm not very much team rely on the best other team's best player to get kicked out. I guess it's, it was confusing how the run of, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, the, how that proceeded throughout the game ended with Sakar and him, Theo John. It wasn't confusing as to why it ended with Mamu out. Yeah. That dude just committed two technical fouls. Like, which, that was cut which, and, and dry to be as fair, hell. To be fair, Sakar did too. Like, yeah. yeah like, like, I would have been fine with... I think both of them were soft, but both of them you can argue. Yeah, and I mean, like, Mamu also committed two technical fouls. Like, there is... Definitely. There are, like, we can, we can debate all day whether or not... 
you know, Sakar like were his technical soft. We can debate that. He committed two technicals. There, there is precedent for what happened to Sakar. There is precedent for what happened to Mamu. There is no precedent for how Theo John was immediately kicked out, and there is no precedent for how Miles Powell is still in that game. I, I guess how I feel about Sakar's ejection is it reminds me of in soccer when someone gets a red card for two yellow cards that weren't totally like weren't warranting ejection on their own so like you know a guy gets a gets a foul gets a yellow card for um maybe his third foul that was of sort of moderate uh you know harshness and then, like, accidentally handballs something later in the yeah. game and has to be sent off for just by the letter of the law. Yeah. It's not... it. Sakar, like... I don't think Sakar did enough to get kicked out of the game, but he got two technical fouls, so that's why he was kicked out. Yeah, I agree, but, you know... Mamu, on the other hand, both of his were... were technicals. Yeah, like, were, like, hard technicals. Buddy was, like, screaming in people's faces. Like, he got mad at Sam Hauser for blocking him out. Like, he, that was his first technical, was just, like, yelling at Sam Hauser because Sam boxed him out. Yeah. And then the second one, obviously, he came in and pushed a guy, which is textbook, yeah. how to get a technical. Yeah. So, it... <sighs> Sakar's ejection is frustrating. Theo's is mind, mind-boggling yeah. and nonsensical. Yeah, we, yeah. have no, we have no good explanation... Like the the biggest ref crew that was working last night, man, yeah. never see I'll another major basketball game. No, it's Jeff Clark, James Breeding, Tim Clarity. No, I'll pull uh, the statement. Is yeah, what but I wanted to. it was just absurd. Their reasoning for it. Yeah. So here's word for word. Um, after uh, after that foul, the ball's now dead. So the foul was on Sakar Anum. Theo John contacts him in a vulnerable position. We deemed the contact severe and ejected him for a flagrant technical. It, the contact wasn't was severe. light and not severe. And like, to, not to cut you off, but like that type of contact happens all the time when somebody gets fouled at the rim. Like I like I'll go up to shoot a shot, I'll get hit, and then like an, another like help side defender hits me after that. That it was really. Do dumb. you kick everybody out that does that? It was really dumb. No, and honestly, it's another it's another uh, sign for lack of a better word, uh, or another example of how Theo John is refereed differently than other players just because he looks big. It's it's really frustrating. It's not his fault. He cl- he clearly is a good guy. And they just... The referees just look at him and it's like, for some reason, have decided that because he's so big, he needs to get called for more fouls. And I don't understand it. I don't know. I, like... I don't know if, like, the administration or Wojo needs to, like, reach out to, like, the refereeing authority and just be like, hey, like, why is our player like- is not actually committing the amount of fouls he's being called for, and it's a pattern that's happening over and over again because it's super detrimental whenever he can't play. Um, but, yeah, I, obviously the refereeing decisions were baffling. And then... And, and you know what? I think we were... Marquette was hosed last night. But uh, Seton Hall wasn't getting any good things either. There was a combined... Seton Hall was called for 29 personal fouls. Three of their guys fouled out. Marquette was called for 27. 
one of our guys filed out. Like, mm-hmm. there was one technical given to Quincy McKnight um, of Seton Hall. That was a ridiculous. Yeah, where he fouled Marcus in the backcourt and like and just sort of hopped. He he hopped away from it. Like he, yeah. he was like, oh, like he he did he did what you teach every player to do yeah. instead of getting a yeah, technical. Yeah, he turned and he around and just went like, yeah, he sort of like just like yeah, punched up a little bit because he's pissed yeah. in the moment that he commits the foul. Yeah. And, and maybe but, yeah, yeah like, and he reacts just, like it. That wasn't a technical, no, it but wasn't. no, it but was it ridiculous. was for James Breeding. So here we are. Yeah, I it mean, was it was a one giant. Four, I would say forty minute, but it was more like three hour uh, shit show. Yeah, or well, ref power trip too. Yeah. like it was just like I don't know. And then nobody's going to hold those referees accountable. No, no nobody's yeah. holding those referees accountable. No, of it's, course not. Like. It's whatever, you know. I'll, I'm I'm gonna let that go. I want to point out. I th- I did this last night, um, amongst some of my other activities on Twitter last night. Um, pointed out some of the positives from that. Where Marcus got hurt, we weren't sure if he was coming back into the game. He ends up shooting one of fifteen from the floor. Yeah. Total. He ends up shooting. I mean, eighteen of twenty four from the free throw line sounds good until you realize he missed six free throws last night, where he missed seven all of last year. Like, and we only lost by two and had a look to win it at the end of the game. Like, every yeah. this was just like the uh, what I, what game am I thinking of? This was just like the Villanova game, um, minus the refereeing shenanigans, yeah. where it was like it took all of these miserable things, and right. like it took the referees yeah. ejecting That's our two be- two best defenders, their best scorer originally thinking he was ejected. Being told he can come back into play and then hitting dumb shots after that. It took literally all of those weird things. Marquette shot 13 of 33 from 2, 8 of 26 from 3, 29 of 41 from the free throw. Yeah, and like the end of it was, um, you know, in the last five minutes, Marquette couldn't really get a stop. Yeah, and so it's like it took all of these things for Seton Hall to beat us by two. And that's without the dumb refereeing nonsense. Like, that's almost a positive takeaway for me. Is that, like, when Marquette is playing its game like it was in the first half, like it was against St. John's on Thursday, like, when Marquette is playing its game and playing its game well, there are very few teams that can deal with us. Yeah. And it takes Miles Powell not getting ejected when he probably should have been. It takes our two best defenders being ejected. It takes... Mark is going 1 of 15 from the floor and missing a bunch of free throws. Yeah. It takes all of that for teams to beat us. That's That feels really good in, like, retrospect of how this team has lost in previous years. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm not happy about it. We can, we can run around the whole, you know, BS that was the refereeing uh, crew and night, but at the end of the day, it's kind of still encouraging. Like, I'm... I'm there are teams that I don't want to play in the tournament, which we'll, we'll get to, but I, I'm not worried about being absolutely, like, blown out as long as Marquette... Like, if Marquette's controlling themselves and playing their game, there are very few teams that can just run us out of a gym. And I don't think we'd see those teams until at least the Sweet 16, which is nice. Yeah. Um, part of my frustration is that so much of the Twitter and overall fan base reaction was centered on the refs, which I get, but also there's nothing less productive in all of college basketball fandom than 
tweeting about refs and adding people somewhat associated with the refs. I just, it's just so like, okay, I get it. It's good to air grievances. It's kind of what Twitter is for, but like, no one's hearing you. <laughs> like you're yelling it's into the void. Add, adding Big East basketball. Yeah, like, you're, is not going to get you. You're is not a productive exercise. Yeah. It's you're you're screaming into a. You're screaming into the void. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not a productive exercise, and so. I guess part of my frustration is like, hey, everybody, look over here. Marcus Howard shot one one of fifteen. That's part of why we're losing. This is, yeah, we because we still turn anything more yeah. from him, and we could have won. Exactly. And you you t- he shoots seventy five percent from the free throw line. Yeah, so right. He exactly. hits his normal clip, and we're up two instead of down two. You know, freaking Joey doesn't miss the two free throws he missed. You know, it was it was there, yeah. and so I, like obviously. The game is completely different, and Marquette is at a disadvantage from the uh, ejection mess. But also, Marquette gets there. Like, with Marquette still gets there under a lot of circumstances. Um, and so, I don't know. Um, it's hard for me to... I'm I'm willing to sort of rinse the tape on this one. Because yeah, this is this this is one, and I think Wojo actually said it really well. Where in the the post game interview, he was basically forced to give. He's like, I wish the kids could have decided it on yeah, the floor. And it was it was taken think, out of their hands. Yeah, I think sure. I think Seton Hall and Marquette both look at this and just go, "This was a an enigma, an anomaly." Like neither of us can like. Yeah, Seton Hall did walk away with the victory, but neither of us can really like walk away from this game and go, we learned something about ourselves. Yeah. Like, the, 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 this game will be almost irrelevant besides further solidifying Seton Hall as, like, an 8 or a 9 instead of a 10 or 11. Like, right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and you know what? Uh, we we can be very mad about how Miles Powell was uh, allowed to play on and his attitude during the game, but... Um, you know, I'm not holding it against Seton Hall. I, I'm not holding it against Seton Hall as a program. Kevin Roller is a great coach. Um, you know, and most of the time those guys are not behaving like that. It was a rough game. It was a miserable – I'm sure it would have been miserable to play in. You know, our guys got heated. Their guys got heated. It happens. Um, I One of the things that disappoints me the most about some of the fan bases is when they pop off at each other for, like, your players are thugs or, like – like yeah, absolutely classless type stuff, and like, Just I, we, chill out. Yeah, like folks, they're they're fine. Be it's good. fine. Yeah, you would know if their pieces of crap. Like you would really know yeah. if they were pieces. I mean, of yeah. So um, I don't. I'm done ranting about this. I it, it it's an anomaly. It's an enigma. We can't yeah. we can't use it to say well Marquette has momentum. Marquette doesn't have momentum. I think it just it is what it is. And now we look forward to where we get. Uh, picked going on Sunday. Right. And it's it's a wild it was a wild game where you can't really look out look at a whole lot, but I guess one thing I do like coming out of that game is Ed Morrow offensive oh, rebounder. Yeah. Well just Ed Morrow in general. Ed Morrow was awesome, but yeah. seven offensive rebounds. Ed, is Ed Morrow was great legit um folks. Brendan is really starting to grow into his own um Yeah. I, I he some of his stop airballing that corner through Yeah. Um that that would be nice, but and he had no touch on that on no. that hook no. kind of baby hook he shot at the end of the game no. too. But but great defensive effort from yeah. him again. Uh, 
that's really a nice thing that's really going to project well over time. Yeah. But anyway, I, I guess I'm willing to sort of just burn the tape. Yep, let um, it go. Do you want to talk about St. John's really quick before we... I suppose we transition. I, I mean, I just almost want to just talk about it to say, like, this was fantastic. What, yeah, what a... Delightful. What a performance to just immediately come back and, like, after a four-game losing streak, yes, you can talk about the narrative of St. John's having to play the Wednesday game and them not being deep and, you know, the foul calls that they got early, especially early in the second half where I think there was, like, in, like, two minutes they had, like, five personals. But... You can talk about all those, but it's still so nice to see Marquette after that adversity they'd gone through with the four-game losing streak and a lot of questioning of, like, you know, what can we do about this? Like, what is happening? To see such an emphatic response, especially against a boogeyman team that had haunted us and, you know, really been sort of that problem team for us. Uh, I think, you know, in general, we played one of our best games of the season against them. I they weren't they weren't good by any stretch of the imagination, but we we kept the pace our like to our pace. We, you know, were taking smart shots. I mean, we were we hit 48% of our threes, we hit 53% of our twos. Um you know, we could still be a little bit better from the line, but we got 33% of the offensive rebounds. We only allowed 18% of the offensive rebounds. They shot 3 for 20 from deep. I like yeah. it's like there's just so many good things to take away from that. It's. Can you imagine how much worse last night would have been without this? Yeah. Like, without this, yeah. without like just the karmic beatdown and the the all the goodwill regathering that that game on Thursday resulted in. Last night would have been catastrophic. If that would have been like a, if that last would have been night, the fifth game in a, in the losing streak. Well, oh, but no, but if last night would have even been like a, the Wednesday game or something, it just would have been over. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it would have absolutely just devolved into madness. Yeah, um, which is a poor word to choose because that's sure. applied to so many other things this month. Yeah. We but, bro- we yeah. broke we broke the we broke the bad streak. I think last night doesn't change our feeling about it. I mean, having the St. John's game in the bag and knowing how much of a mess that was um, uh, yesterday, um, I'm way more confident about this team going forward than I was after the Georgetown game. I mean, I don't necessarily expect them to make the second weekend at this point. I think they're going to have to play really well to do that. Um, which I think that we're gonna have to do anyway before we don't the think we're gonna get run out of the building by a no I, no I mean we're gonna if we lose we're gonna lose like we usually do um, with some uh, mistakes in a close game down the stretch. There's the team's emotional health is anything but bad. Yeah, it's it was super motivated against St. John's, and last <laughs> night it's. They have so much to rally around, exactly. given how screwed they were. And I, this is fuel now. This yeah, is, man, I'm good. I feel confident in them going forward as long as they don't just get a death matchup, which um, is a good time to take a break. Um, and uh, we will talk about what we want to see uh, tomorrow evening when the brackets roll out uh, for Marquette. All right, um, let's talk some brackets. Um, 
pulling up the matrix right now. This is as of Saturday morning. So it's not a final overall projection, but it's close. Uh, Marquette is listed as the second five seed. Uh, they've been the second five seed for a while. Like most of this week. I don't remember that really changing at all at any point. Maybe, I don't know if it changed after the St. John's game and I'm just like... We haven't been back on the four line. No, I don't think so. No, I mean the second five seed has been right where I think I've seen them. Um, and their collection of respective projections are, uh, a mix of fives and sixes with more fives. Yeah. Um, the occasional seven thrown in there, which I think is ridiculous, um, and just well, some of those are also like well, some of those are like efficiency metrics. Yeah, it's it's yeah. hey, Ken Palm thinks this team is twenty seven, and the net is also not huge on us. I'm pulling it up. I believe our net rating is in the high twenties. Yeah, we're, uh, we're pretty our cool. Marquette's net rating is twenty eight. Yeah. So that's that's what it's it's people that are making Marquette seven seeds are going sort of like letter of the law. Yeah, like, it's like this is the efficiency metric, <coughs> this is, yeah. or this is our advanced metric that states who are the best teams. So it's going to be a five or a six for Marquette tomorrow, yeah. probably. Um, bracket matrix would have you believe a five is more likely. Um, we'll see, po- especially the- after some of the action today. We'll see. Um, yeah, for I example. Mean, Auburn is behind us right now. Auburn has a chance to play their way above us because they'll be playing for an SEC championship right. tomorrow. Uh, Villanova maybe passes us, beating Seton Hall. Um, Iowa State might pass us. I think Seton Hall is going to win. I don't. I, I want. Well, I want Nova to blow Seton Hall out of the water. I didn't I'm think Nova played win. well at all. They didn't, but I yesterday. Want Nova to and blow I think Seton Hall, Seton Hall will be motivated as all heck. Anyway. Um, Iowa State has a chance. They're, they're, Iowa State's the last six on the bracket matrix right now, but Iowa State also plays Kansas for the Big 12 title today. I, personally, will be mad if Iowa State Pass. gets over Marquette because Iowa State has largely been a tire fire for a month and a half. That's a good point. But I'm just saying that like, the opportunities exist for a lot of these teams to play their way above Marquette. Iowa State had a two-game stretch where they lost at Texas by 17 and at West Virginia by 15. <laughs> and that was yeah. two weeks ago. Anyway, so uh, if Marquette uh, ends up as a five... Five or... Yeah. Well, so let's start with if Marquette ends up as, as a five, the Matrix right now has North Carolina State, TCU, Arizona State, Ohio State... Wait, no. If they're a six, because you're reading 11 seeds right now. Alright. Oh, I'm stupid. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so uh, on the 11 seed line, then, um, if Marquette's a six seed, we have North Carolina State, TCU, Arizona State, Ohio State, play-ins. So this is, this would be where a play, yeah. two play-ins so, are, would be. And then we have Temple and St. John's. Just generally, if Marquette is a five or a six, the kind of teams that they will end up playing in the first round are... Bubble teams that just barely made it in, and or maybe had to go to Dayton, mm-hmm. and or excuse me, or uh, teams that get automatic bids that are on the higher end. Yeah, so like if you're working to the 12 seeds, right. then you have St. Mary's who beat Gonzaga for the uh, WCC. Yeah. You have Murray State who won the Ohio Valley. Um, New Mexico State right now is projected to win the WAC. Yeah, as they have been, uh, and then. The last 12 listed as of this morning right. is Davidson. Is not, not right. Uh, who lost today in the Atlantic 10. So they. So for purposes of argument, let's say Liberty because that whoever wins the A-10 will be lower than that. Because yeah. Because it's, it's going to be a, a crap the, I could even see Vermont sneaking onto the 12. Yeah, line. yeah. It could be Vermont. I agree. So, uh, I mean, 
largely the kind of teams that Marquette is going to play in the first round. Are they going to be senior heavy? Senior heavy. Mid-majors. It's going to be plucky, plucky mid majors. I think you'd almost rather have a bubble team. I'd, I'd rather have Arizona State or Ohio State. Yeah. Than get Murray State. Unless it's going to be like an overseeded uh, conference tournament winner. Yeah. Um, because like, yeah, you don't want to play John Moran. No. And I, I St. Mary's no. is like scary on offense. I believe. Let me pull that up. They usually are. Yeah. No, they're offense. They're usually offense defense. defense. They're usually offense higher on the split. They're twenty one yeah, offense. Twenty one fifty six. Yeah. They're they're a little bit lower than Marquette in total. Yeah. But but yeah. So I mean, I think the the God, scarier teams are going to be the auto bid. St. Mary's doesn't scare me. No, I mean because I don't think largely any of these teams really scare me a ton. It's just like John Morant is. Yeah, really, I'd rather really not see good. John Morant. I just don't think we like we have very good defenders and our defensive scheme has obviously been better this year. We don't have somebody that can guard John Morant. Yeah, I mean, Scar, and le- and Scar's doing good, but... Unless you can literally just make him live on the perimeter. Yeah, John Moran is just like... If you are if you worked your way to get a 5 or 6 seed, John Moran is not the kind of reward you want to see. Just get, just give me this frickin' St. Mary's team. They lost to, to Utah State, to Mississippi State, yeah. to Harvard, to UC Irvine. Lost to LSU, lost to Western Kentucky, lost to San Francisco... Lost to BYU, lost to Pepperdine, lost to Gonzaga twice, including a 50-point loss. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, what kind of team I would most dislike playing. It'd probably be, like, a Florida kind of. Like, if Florida were to slide Fl- back. I don't, I, I don't think Florida will slide back. Um, well, they lost today, but I guess they lost to I a think team. of the teams we were talking about, um, I think Murray State's, like, on at the top of my list of, like, I don't want to see Yeah, John. I just don't want to see John It's Murray. just because, like, if you're going to play a, a team – that's mid-major yeah. caliber, the odds of you getting a player like John Morant in that matchup is so low that it's almost just like you just have to play whack-a-mole with that one team. Yeah. Um, so that would be really unfortunate. If, uh, I, I, I don't particularly want to... I think Utah State will win today because Nevada lost last Utah State night. is definitely a team that I would not want to yeah, see if they were to get a late at large. I would not. Because, like, if they win the Mountain West, they're going to be above our range yeah, of opponents. I, I agree. But I, if they get an at large, I don't want to yeah, see Utah State. No, not at all. I think Florida is a good pick, too, where yeah. um, if they do somehow slide back, I think I don't think Florida will fall into the first four. Yeah. But I don't want to see Florida as a, a six um, when they're Not that this is probably possible. Um, but if somehow uh, Marquette gets matched up with Washington or Syracuse, that um, will not. happen. I don't think it'll happen. But I'm just pointing out that no. that is just generally very bad. I want, yeah, I want no part of Washington because Washington and Syracuse, um, and this is kind of make them Syrac- play each other. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be great. I would love that. Um, but no, I mean, it's kind of how Syracuse has sort of turned into a consistent tournament overperformer is because that zone on a one on a one game turnaround is so difficult to prepare for. Yeah. So And then Washington might even do it better than Syracuse this year. Yeah, cuz they have Thibel, who yeah. is just like, like a the, really the, the prototypical 2-3 yeah, zone such player. Such a good such a good zone. Did you see his dunk the other day? Yeah, the the windmill. Oh, that was and, so like the sound it made <laughs> was just perfect. It was so great. Anyway, uh, I watched so, I watched that kid play in my high school gymnasium like when I was like nineteen. The kid the kid could the kid he dunked. He was I think he was fifteen at the yeah. time, and he dunked. And I was like, oh, 
Hello. Okay. <laughs> this kid's anyway, good. Uh, so assuming Marquette gets past the first round, not, not an assumption we can make. I think no. I feel like I think I feel good for the most part saying they will. I think they will, but no, you can never. But you can assume exactly. and the matchup and who knows how healthy Marcus is, yeah. whatever. But I do think probably the most productive kind of conversation to have is sort of who do you want as that three or four. Um, on sure. the other side. So, yeah, uh, right now, listed on the three and four line um, as of this morning, Houston, LSU, Houston uh, having beat Memphis to go to the AAC title game yeah. today. Um, I don't think that Houston is going to be able to get a two seed because no. I think that those those eight teams ahead are of locked. them are very stratified. Yeah. I don't think that there's a yeah, chance. No, the, they... the, the eight teams ahead of them are locked. Um, so you have Houston, LSU, Texas Tech, Kansas is still playing for a Big 12 title, but Kansas will not rise up to the uh, uh, two-line. Um, they've been hovering around the three or the four. Uh, and then uh, on the four-line, uh, Florida State, Purdue. Florida State could maybe play their way to a three. Um, uh, yeah, Florida State. I'm surprised Florida State's still on that line. I guess it's just because. You beat, you, you beat Virginia. Yeah. So uh, um, Florida State, Purdue, Wisconsin, Kansas State are the fours. Yeah. Um, of those eight teams, give me Kansas again. I think. Um, here's my here's my problem with that, is Kansas is likely going to get drawn into Kansas City or no, not Kansas City. Excuse me, um, Tulsa. Yeah. Is it Tulsa? Is the closest one of them? Yeah. I think it is. Tulsa. And so, and Kansas is one of those teams that plays really well in front of their home crowd, and if their home crowd is within, so I basically I don't want to mess with Kansas because Kansas is just showed how good they are at tournaments that are played close to home as they're probably going to win the Big 12 tonight. Yeah. Um, they're against Iowa State tonight, right? Yes. Yeah, they're going to win the Big 12 tonight. Sorry, Iowa State. Um, um, I, I guess if not Kansas, maybe. I, then the next one I probably want is Purdue. Purdue is a weird team. Um, well, okay, so here, here are the ones that I don't want. Florida State. No, zero, zero percent. Florida State, no Florida chance. State. No, no. Um, I don't want Kansas State in the form they're in right now. I know we beat Kansas State. I don't think. Did, I don't think it's. I don't know. Would the committee give us give Marquette teams that Marquette has already played? I, they're going to potentially have to if we're looking at yeah. Wisconsin, Kansas, and. Uh, I Kansas don't believe State. they would ever put Wisconsin there just for overall reasons. I mean. I, w- I want that yeah. badly. Oh yeah, like give me that give every me, day of the week. Give like, me Wisconsin. Wisconsin stinks right now. I, I like. I guess they played okay today against Michigan State, but like Wisconsin. Things like Wisconsin can play games where they they lose by twelve, yeah. and you think they play okay, but they're not playing well. No. They're just playing Wisconsin. And basketball. they got the deadest legged Nebraska team yesterday, and let them hang forever. Yeah, and Hap was like not even a. Hap was not good. They don't even know what to do with Hap right now, and it's just it's. Yeah. I mean, they are. I please send, me, them, give, send them my way. Yeah, give give me Wisconsin. Give me Purdue. Purdue is Purdue is an inter- interesting team. Purdue is kind of similar to Marquette in a lot of ways. Um, Carson Edwards is kind of a very similar player to Marcus Howard. I just I I'm gonna level with you, man. I don't think this Purdue team is that good. Well, they don't really have a clear. They've got a lot of bodies, but Edwards is their is the one that takes all the shots, and he shouldn't take as many shots as he does because he's not stupid. He has yeah. like a slightly lower usage rate than Marcus Howard. He he's shooting thirty three and a half percent from three this year. 
Like it's Carson Edwards is he's shooting forty four percent from two. Yeah, he's he's a volume shooter. He, and all you do is sit Sakar on him. He's and, a higher shot percentage than Marcus Howard. Yeah, he has I, a higher shot I percentage. I clicked on usage rate initially, yeah. but and no. that's probably because Marcus turns the ball over more. He has a higher shot percentage, and then it's other than that, it's. I would argue it's worse role players than what Marquette has around Marcus Howard. Yeah, I mean, they have some decent players, but I mean, they don't like have Matt, anyone that's good as, like, Sam Hauser. Like, the only issue I would find there is that Matt Harms is a legit 7'3". Yeah, like, and we, good. We, uh, he's a good player, but that's why, I mean, like, he's a legit 7'3", where it's like, uh, he's going to be a problem for Theo just because he's got six inches on Theo. Yeah. Like... It is what it is. So here's here's a side by side briefly on Howard versus Edwards. Um, Howard's offensive rating is significantly higher. It's 111 versus 105. Um, Howard uses more possessions, but Edwards shoots more. Howard has a slightly higher turnover rate. It's closer to it's 18 and a half versus 16. But Howard's assist rate is much higher. 27 versus 19. 19 for for Edwards to have a 19 assist rate is it's like not you've got it you're the point guard of a really good team like you should have just a baseline higher than that. And then yeah, I mean the real differentiating factor they're shooting about the same on twos uh 44 versus 43.9 but Howard is almost 41% from the beyond the arc and Edwards is 33 and you're like, "Oh, well Howard's probably shot a ton more, so that's crazy." Edwards has attempted like 40 more threes than Marcus, and yeah. he's a 30. That's so bad. Yeah, no. I, that is so bad to be ha- shooting that low. All you have to low. do is, like, they they are Seton Hall on steroids. Like, what Miles Powell does for Seton Hall yeah. is what Carson Edwards does on steroids. And, like, if he's not hitting yeah. shots, like... All right, I've come around yeah. to it. I want to yeah, play Purdue. Yeah, I want I want Purdue. You've convinced me. Um, I would take Wisconsin. I want Purdue. Uh, I want Wisconsin. I would take... Kansas or Kansas State, especially if Dean Wade's not going to play. I don't think I want to play Texas Tech. I don't. I, I don't want Texas Tech. I don't want LSU. Period. Well, LSU is so confusing because I don't think I want to play LSU because they're probably the most talented team of this set of eight. But then the coach situation. Yeah, and, they're in complete disarray. So I don't know. Like, do yeah. I want to play LSU? Because they just. Yeah. I mean, Florida was kind of a boogeyman team. Let's for them. let's let's put it like this: there are there are three teams that I absolutely do not want to see on the three four line: Houston, Texas Tech, and Florida State. I I could get away with Houston. I feel like I don't. I, I personally don't want to see Houston. I I understand where yeah. like of those three, I would want to see Houston the most. I don't want to see Texas Tech. I don't want to see Florida State. Florida State is is. I mean, let's briefly talk about why that's the worst case scenario. But you it's want, basically to... because they are they have like a team taken from the land of the Giants. Well, yeah, so I'm gonna just run through their their players, right? You have There's one guy that is a normal sized human yeah. being. <laughs> so they have the rest of them are giants. Yeah. The shortest player on their team is six one, David Nichols. Yeah. They trot out their their depth chart. He's a backup yeah. point guard. Yeah. Their depth chart over the last five games start start let's say, just say starters, right? 6'4, 6'5, 6'7, 6'8, 6'10. You're like, ah, that's pretty close to what Marquette has. They're backups. 6'1, 6'4, 6'6, 6'4, 6'5, 6'6, 6'6, 6'6, 6'8. 7'4. Yeah, and his name is Christ, too. But, like, (laughs) just in general, like, and the thing is that Florida State can switch one through four. Oh, my God, yes. And, like, 
Terrence Mann is a a terror. Cabangale, yeah. Cab- Cabin- it's Kevin Gailey, not Cabangale. Kevin yeah. Gailey is a is a freak a, of nature. He's terrifying <laughs> to watch. It's like you just I have no idea like the only thing that stops him is his like slightly like not a great sh- he's not a great shooter and not a super like skilled yeah. scorer. Because otherwise, like, dude just, like, runs around the court and plays every position. Yeah. Because he comes off the bench because they start Kamaji. And they, like, he is, it's, I I don't even know how to explain how good he is. He just, like, he feels like a guy who could be the best player in college basketball if, like, he had, like, the full skill set. If he, if he had, if he shot even remotely close, or if he was as good, like, as polished offensively mm-hmm. as Dedrick Lawson is, yeah. he would be the best player in college basketball. Yeah, dude, he, he's so good, and then, like, their guards, like, they just are, Terrence, like, I think Terrence Mann is terrifying. Terrence I, Mann is really good. Terrence Mann's shooting 41% from three. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, small sample, but, but this isn't a team that really relies on three-pointers. No. I mean, they're they're not a bad shooting team. There's, like, there's a couple <laughs> guys shooting low 40s, couple guys, a lot of guys shooting mid 30s. They're directly mid pack in terms of how much yeah. they rely on threes nationally. They're just stupid balanced. They have all of the length, and they're really good at defense. Yeah. And God, it's it's like the worst matchups we have with St. John's, but then they can go te- like nine deep, and they switch yeah. even better than like St. John's. And does. also, they play Duke tomorrow, so this. Probably changes, but also I think they're a good matchup for Duke. Yeah. But anyway, um, or Duke is a they, they lost a bad Duke, matchup. They, they lost to Duke at home. Well, I was gonna say like by two. I was gonna say they've won what is it like twelve of thirteen? Their only losses at North Carolina in the last since January twentieth. Their yeah. only losses at North. They Carolina. They did lose to Boston College and Pittsburgh. Which yeah, is that's not good. But it was a bad stretch for them, and they've completely and buried they, it. And they did lose to Nova on a neutral court. So things like when Nova yeah. wasn't good, they lost to Nova on a neutral court. I don't know, man. They they're an elite eight team already from last year. Like yeah. it's you. A lot of times when you're trying to like look at who's going to do well in the tournament, you kind of be like, all right, are they like bringing guys back? It's like kind of the Michigan thing. Yeah. Like, are they bringing guys back from teams that have done it before? And man, I mean, this is it. This not- is this is basically. Um, what I mean, they didn't have Jonathan Isaacs last year, right? That was the year before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like this is basically that it's basically team the team. Yeah. yeah. I went to the I'm, I'm I'm looking at it right yeah. now. There's one dude on here. It's this Angola guy, mm-hmm. and he wasn't. He was kind of a complimentary yeah. guy. It's basically the same team. So yeah, I mean, that's right. that's no part of Florida that's State. the boogeyman team. Yeah. Um, next, and I think yeah, I guess you want to just have a brief conversation about like Texas Tech. It's, it's the only oh, other, oh sure the I was going to say have a conversation they're, 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 about the ones and twos oh. briefly but I don't we, well let's do we that after we talk Texas Tech sure because uh, Jarrett Culver's number two in Ken Palm right now in the player of the year standings um, yeah. Jarrett Culver's a freak of nature player he's so good um, he's a 6-6 six, six wing player who's probably going to be a lottery pick like Texas Tech has the number two defense in the country yeah. like they hold people to stupidly low effective field goal percentage they turn you over a bunch, which is not good for Marquette. Right. They run you off the line. They don't let you hit anything from two. Uh, I mean, they're, they have the sixth best, best block percentage in the country. Tariq Owens of late St. John's yeah. fame. St. John's could have really used him this year. Yeah, no kidding, because he is 
absolutely destroying the Big Twelve. It's actually St. John's really could have used them this used him this year because basically St. John's only weakness is if you have a team with a good big guy, you can just hammer them inside because they don't have size. Yeah, and they could. And Tariq Owens is what? Is he the best shot blocker in the country? No, he's like eleventh in block rate. Yeah, like they totally could have used him. He's he's top one hundred in offensive rebounding rate. He's oh yeah, top 20. what a disaster. He's eleventh. That was for them. Yeah. Uh, like, he gets to the free throw line a ton. He's the 36th best uh, two-point shooter in the country. Yeah. Like, he, he gets so high-quality looks. Like Tech is tech is probably the best team in the country, and Owens is a big part of that. Yeah. Tech is probably the best team in the country in making you shoot poorly. Yeah. Um, and that's that would be a really bad matchup for Marquette. Who is the number one defense? I'm curious. Is it Virginia? It's Michigan. Oh yeah, we should talk. About Wisconsin that. is third, if you're curious. Uh, but it's not, Ken. This is Ken. I'm not curious to know that. Um, now, I, now that you've told me, I'm not. Interested. I think most of that comes down to Wisconsin's tempo. <laughs> oh, but. Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing about Tech is, um, they had a really bad stretch in January. Uh, they lost three in a row to Iowa State, Baylor, and Kansas State. Two and, of those on the road. Yeah, and the. The reason that they were able to come back, and I believe they got a share of the conference title, didn't they? They, yeah, they shared did. it with Kansas State. Yeah, the reason that they were able to do that is because they their offense improved drastically. Oh, yeah. Like, there were points where their offense was splitting, like, 100 to 1, like, yeah. with, with offense to defense as far as ranking and efficiency on Ken Palm. And now it's up to 36-2, which is good. Um, but I think the, the way for them to lose games and maybe why that they why they can't necessarily be relied on is that when they're not shooting they can just they they're fully capable of you know gigantic field goalless stretches yeah like they they have figured out how like to go 10 minutes without a field goal yeah like and that will be their downfall come tournament time. Um, I don't want to have to rely on something like that when we're actually going to get eaten alive by their defense. Yeah. But um, I don't – so I think that they're actually going to come into the tournament a bit underrated. Yeah, because, because they I, lost to uh, West, West Virginia, Virginia. The, f- the first game they played in the Big 12. And tournament. it seems like that game was a bit of a press Virginia anomaly. It was um, the, the West Virginia of old, and when they have nothing to, or like they had a twenty percent turnover rate. Well, yeah, and like West West Virginia is playing with nothing to lose. Like you're playing with house money. Like sure, you know why yeah. not? Um, and yeah, I, yeah, it's a it was a weird game, uh, but coming into that game, they had won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, eleven of twelve. So, did I do that math? Maybe it was 10 of 11. Anyway, something crazy like that with the only loss being an, a road loss to Kansas on February 2nd. So, they came in red hot. And yeah, I mean, a team that excels so much on the defensive end yeah. is one that Marquette is going to have problems with. Um, now, I don't think that they would offer much of a scoring threat to Marquette. Um, Either, but yeah. I think they would probably do I enough. don't want to get into a rock fight with Texas Tech. That's like the last thing I want to do is get yeah. into a rock fight with Texas Tech. Um, so yeah, really, it's Texas Tech and Florida State. We don't want to see. Period. Yeah. I think the rest we can make cases for or against. Um, let's hit the ones and twos really quick. Yeah. Um, I am fully, and this is maybe a bit of a, a hot take, but I am fully. I want to play Michigan, um, because I think that they will have games um, against teams 
with decent defenses and good offenses, which I would characterize Marquette as, um, where they will be unable to score because Braz Dacus is the only one that can create his his own shot um, on their team. Um, and uh, if they're not getting like a bunch of pick-and-pop threes, um, which apparently they did today uh, in their just battering of Minnesota um, because Isaiah Livers hit a bunch. Um, but Xavier Simpson, who actually shot well today, is not a guy who usually shoots particularly well. Um, Charles Matthews is not a good shooter. Um, they just don't have a very like. I mean, their offense is 18th in the country in efficiency according to Ken Palm. But like, they're really well coached. They're very well coached. But I'm looking at some of these style components here, where it's like they have the second worst rate of three point attempts to field goal attempts, um, and they have like a top 35 um, assists per field goal made. Like, yeah. So like, and if you go, for example, also a really bad offensive rebounding team. And for a team yeah. that doesn't shoot well, that is no. a bad yeah, like, mix. They, they they don't take a lot of threes. And then to top it all off, like they don't assist well, they don't offensive rebound, and things that Marquette is good at, right? At least on the defensive end. This is, is a dream matchup for yeah. Marquette, I think. Like Marquette, Marquette doesn't allow a ton of offensive rebounds. Marquette plays really good two-point defense and okay three-point defense. Like, Marquette plays very good two-point defense and very good effective field goal percentage defense. Yeah. Like, all Marquette has to do is play Marquette defense and not get beat one-on-one, basically. Yeah. And The question is, are we overly wishful thinking by analyzing one and two seeds based on I, that this team would have to go to the sweet steady sweet. themselves yeah. enough to not get upset in the first round and then pull a moderate upset against a three or four seed in the second round. I think... Because um, it's a chance that we are being a little bit too wishful. Yeah. Um, I think just in general, obviously I want no part of Duke. I want no part of Kentucky. I want no part of North Carolina. I want no part of Virginia. Um, I want no part of Tennessee. Uh, I think Gonzaga and Michigan State, I would Marquette would do okay against. Gonzaga's just so good on offense that, like, I don't expect their St. Mary's game to be very indicative of how they're going to play in the tournament. So, I, I like, I don't know. I, I think of the one and two seeds, Michigan and then Michigan State and Gonzaga are definitely, like, tier one and tier two of, like, ideally, if Marquette does get that far, who do you want to see? Um, but then I think the, the other five fall, fall squarely into the yeah. category of we are going to get slapped around. Oh, yeah. I don't want to mess with – I don't want to mess with Duke or North Carolina. I don't want to mess with Kentucky or Tennessee. Um Gonzaga, I don't want to mess with on paper, um, but I do think that they are at least going to have one game in the first three. Well, they just where, absolutely like lay an egg. Well, I don't know if they're going to lay an egg, but they're going to be like, oh, this is what happens when we play a team of comparable caliber. Can we dig deep and survive that? Which, <coughs> excuse me, I think happens to every team, but. I think most teams are used to that at this point in the season in Gonzaga. Their inherent disadvantage being in the WCC is that when a team like, I don't know, LSU pushes them. Or what actually what happened was Florida State beat them last year. Yeah. And they have to think back to like December 
like, to when play they a played team? a team yeah. of that caliber to like be like, all right, and how did we react? It's like the muscle memory of reacting to getting pushed is just not there for them. Well, it's, and it's like, I mean, and we and we can argue all these different points, and I mean, it'll probably get into some arguments today and tomorrow about who deserves to be uh, in the uh, tournament as mid-majors versus underachieving high majors, air quotes. Um, but the high school, the football coach at my high school would would always say, "Steel sharpens steel," right? So yeah. like, you can't get better and get that sharper. is a really football guy. Uh, yeah, yo, oh, yeah, no, it's like like every football coach cliche is it like put into that That's one great. statement. But it, there's a little bit of truth in that where Gonzaga beat their opponents by an average of what in conference play, like thirty. Yeah, I mean they. So the line about the their loss to St. Mary's the other day was that the last time they had played, they won by more points than they scored in the championship yeah. game. They won by 48, and they scored 47 in that rematch that they just lost. Yes, and I mean, like like I said, I don't expect them to flop that hard again, but man, like, if they're not sharp. Clearly, they're not that sharp yeah. right now. So, um, and, you know, that maybe St. Mary's is their wake-up call and they go win a tie. Maybe. Who knows? But... Um, they're like you said. They're they're not looking like a team that can dig all the way back to their two losses to Ke- Tennessee and North Carolina, or even their win over Duke. They're they're not looking like that team that can reach all the way back there and go find. Well, how did we play this game? How how did we compete at this level? Sure. Like you kind of just get burnout when you beat teams by twenty every game, and it's not interesting. And you just are so infinitely better. So. You know, who knows? Um, I think that's why Gonzaga is sort of in the, like, I want to see Michigan in, like, that Tier 1. Yeah. Or, or like, that Michigan's the best draw, and then Michigan State and Gonzaga, and then the other five. Sure. And maybe Virginia's that fourth team, just because Virginia can... Yeah, because Virginia's vulnerable, but God, yeah. I don't want to play that. I don't either. But, like, maybe Virginia's their, that I love their... Team. I have too much personal love for their system to want to play. Your tweet, your tweet about... Um, just rigging the final four to be Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky, Tennessee. Yeah, with like, those two matchups on like either that, side. That, that should be the final four. I would love like, that. Like, that is my... Like, if, if the brackets fall right, that is my final four. I would love that so, so much. Um, all right. Uh, let's close with this. Um, call your shot. Um, let, let's not go too overboard. So, assuming... Well, first of all, call your shot as Marquette as a five or a six, and then give me uh, the, the perfect first three opponents for you um so if it's a five you need to give me a 12 a four sure, sure. and a one and uh, if it's a six you need to give me a uh, 11 uh, three and a two so i think that villanova wins tonight auburn auburn might win tomorrow um i think iowa state wins tonight instead of kansas sorry i think iowa state wins instead of kansas um so i think marquette gets knocked down to a six I uh, the eleven. Um, I want to see Ohio State. Please, for the love of Christ, give me a Ohio You're State. So is bad at offense. Not a good basketball team. Yeah, the only thing is Holtman's quite a good coach. Yeah. But I so I want Ohio State. Give me Ohio State. Okay. Um, six puts us up against a three. Based upon the current three line, um, I don't think Florida State beats Duke. So I think Florida State stays on the floor or the floor, stays on the four line. Um, I don't obviously Purdue can't play their way up. Wisconsin can't play their way up. Kansas State can't play their way up. Um, 
I don't I don't think Houston will play their way up to a two. So um, of Houston, LSU, Texas Tech, and Kansas, give me give me Kansas. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna permanently disagree with you on that one, but I get your point. I just like I think that we I already had that conversation, so we don't need to rehash it. But I just yeah. like the home court. Kansas yes, is gonna I, get a draw in their home court, yeah. and I just hate playing Kansas or sure. not home court, but yeah. anywhere near Kansas. Yeah. Anyway, uh, give me Kansas, um, and then if we're a six and we beat a three, we play into a two. Oh, where would you want to see us? Um, uh, it's not worth saying where we would where we would play our first two games because we don't control that anymore. No. Um, but where what region uh, of the Sweet Sixteen teams, if we got there, where would you want to see us play? Kansas City. Well, it's, no, Louisville. Louisville, yeah. Louisville. Okay, let's go with Louisville. The Yum Center, everyone's yeah. favorite. Um, and then of the two seeds, give me Michigan. So Ohio State, Kansas, and then Michigan. Okay, um, I say that Marquette hangs on to a five seed. Okay. Um, kind of saying that to be different, I'm a little worried about both the losing five out of six and metrics not being as good as the record, which is now also not as good yeah. because of the losses. Um, but I'm going to say they hang on to a five just because a lot of the meh in the five and six range, like Maryland is not really inspiring any confidence right now. And like Nevada has backslid aggressively. Like not a lot of these teams are inspiring a ton of confidence. Um, like I said about Iowa state, like even if they win the big 12, which I don't think they're going to do, but even if they do it, they've been largely bad for a month and a half. So as a five seed, um, I would like to play Liberty. Um, because uh, that is a team uh, that, that needs to the crap kicked out of that them is a off. that is a school that was founded by Jerry Falwell. Um, so who, who deserves a good whack? Yeah, the so that fake religious school needs to GTFO. Um, so I would like to kick the crap out of them. Uh, and then uh, as a five seed, you draw four. Um, I mean, Wisconsin is my my best case scenario. Um, but given that I don't think that that would happen, um, I would take Kansas State. Um, Especially I, without Dean Wade. Yeah, because like Dean, like Dean Wade's foot is is Schrodinger's injury. Like yeah. it's just like you never really know what state of being his foot is. Well, his that, foot is in. So so Kansas State, but then that puts us up against the one. Which one do you want? Uh, I mean none. Well, to be <laughs> if I'm being honest, uh, I'll say Gonzaga just because. It's not. I mean, it's Gonzaga, or Virginia, probably. Cause, yeah. Cause Duke. Duke no. and Tennessee are just gonna be Duke. Never. Little. Tennessee is so tough. Like I don't think te- I think Tennessee might slip up just because I worry about some of those games that they've played in the last month. But obviously not Duke and Gonzaga only because. They're untested, even though I think they're really talented. Um, and their best players are big guys, and I think I guess we defend that fairly well. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to have to defend The Bulls. scenario of being a five seed, I, I think we've got a better chance to get to the Elite Eight as a six seed than a five seed. I agree. Because those two – because there's – like Marquette will be a heavy underdog against any team that works their way to a one – um, but uh, against the uh, two seeds, uh, as long as it's not like North Carolina or Kentucky, 
Um, you can talk like Michigan, one hundred percent. I agree. Like yeah. best case scenario, I've thought that for months. Um, so yeah, I mean, if that's the case, that's the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, Selection Sunday is one of my favorite days of the year, so I'm super stoked gonna, to get the brackets tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run by the store really quick once I leave here, grab some good whiskey and uh, wash away some good whiskey. Um, <laughs> celebrate the start to the best time of the year yeah it's gonna be great uh enjoy the tournament um and uh yeah we'll be back uh early this upcoming week to talk about marquette's draw um but yeah uh, yeah we're, we're gonna break down the draw maybe share some bracket predictions maybe look out for a bracket competition coming from yours truly um, yeah we'll we'll, 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 we'll keep, keep you guys we'll keep it posted yeah. but uh until then live life like you only have one technical left to get